feel the presence of the Lord here right now. I feel the presence of God in this house. Uh, come on, the same presence of God that we felt in Brazil is here right now to minister in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands, lift your hearts uh, right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, hallelujah, Lord. Uh, we lift up our voices to you right now in Jesus' name. Uh, we lift up our hearts to you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, prepare your hearts for what God wants to do in this place right now. I don't even know what God's going to do right now. I know God gave me a word, but I'm open to whatever God wants to do in this place. Uh, there's miracles, signs, and wonders uh, that are in this place right now. The delivering hand of God walked into this house. Uh, the angel of deliverance uh, has walked into this house uh, yes, right yes, now. Yes. And if you came in here bound, you can walk out of here free. Yes. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, uh, the angel of deliverance uh, has walked into this place. Uh, and every Hallelujah. chain of darkness uh, is being cut off of the individuals that want the chains cut off of you right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare the angel of the Lord has walked in here to cut every chain in Jesus' name. He cut Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, during the preaching, there ought to be somebody that runs down to the altar and says, God, here I am. God, I'm intense. God, I need you. God, I want more of you. God, there's something inside of me that's not satisfied with what I've had to this point. God, I can't, set, I can't be satisfied with stale manna. God, I cannot be satisfied with what I've had for an experience in the past. But God, I am looking toward the future. I'm looking at those things that you've done and saying, oh, Look what the Lord has done, but God has so much more. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, God wants to give to you. You don't get it right now what God's doing in this place. You don't open up your spiritual ears. You need to open up your mind right now in the spirit and let God begin to impart into you what God's trying to impart into you. There's an intensity in the spirit that God is trying to impart into his people. There's a hunger right now. There's a hunger in the world. But I have a question for you. This is not even in my notes. I have a question for you. Does the hunger in the church match what the hunger in the world is right now? Do we have the hunger in the church that God wants imparted to the hunger in the world? I say, yes, God. Yes, God. Use me. Take my hands. Take my feet. Use my mouth everywhere that I walk. Give me the boldness to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Give me the boldness to speak with faith. We can't allow it to stop. When I got on the airplane, the first thing I did when I got on the airplane was I was looking for somebody that needed a miracle. I was looking for somebody that needed God. And thank God I got set up in the exit row. God blessed me with my long legs. And wouldn't you know, as soon as I sat in the exit row, this older Brazilian man who now lives in Florida comes walking in, speaks broken English. He walks in and he's hobbling. And I'm in my spirit saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I know you're fixing to do a miracle. God, I know you're fixing to reveal to this man who you are. And he sits down in the chair beside me. And I said, sir, how you doing today? He said, oh, I'm, I'm not doing too well. I fell. I just came from the emergency room before I got on this airplane. He said, I don't have any fractures. He said, but I'm hurting all over my body and I'm taking pain medication. He said, but it's not doing anything. I said, I just came from Lively Church where people were healed and God raised people up out of wheelchairs and blinded eyes were open and deaf ears were unstopped. Would you mind if I prayed for you for a minute? Because I believe that God will touch you. 
I don't know all that God did for him, but I know afterwards in his broken English, he told me that he felt better. Look for the opportunities. Let our hunger match the hunger of the world. They're looking for an answer. They're looking for somebody who can help them. And it's you. It's me. We've just got to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. We've got to be the mouth of God. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the boldness of Almighty God would come upon this congregation right now, would come upon this people right now, in the name of Jesus, even the boldness that you gave to Peter and John, let it be imparted into us now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, 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 oh, thank you, Lord, well, I guess we better get to a scripture. Second Corinthians, if you can just give me a tiny bit of monitor, Brother Zach. Second Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 4. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Oh, come on, somebody. You're more mighty than you think that you are. You've got more power than you think that you are. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would wake up to the power that God has placed inside of your life. (laughs) Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, we're coming boldly. Amen. Well, God, we thank you for your word. We know your word's anointed. Anoint your messenger now, I pray in the name of Jesus. Hide me under the shadow of your cross. Be quick to give you praise and glory for all that you do in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You can be seated. If I have to give a title tonight, I'm going to give it this. It's going to be simply, man, your battle stations. Man, your battle stations. We are warriors. If you have a military background, which I do not, but I can do some research, especially the Navy, you know that a battle station is the place or position that one is assigned to in battle. Battle stations or action stations is an announcement made aboard a naval warship that signals that all hands, everybody available, aboard that ship must go to a designated station assume their position for battle on that vessel of combat that combat vessel as quickly as possible and I hear a call from God right now to this church and to the body of Christ saying man your battle stations as quickly as possible get to that place and man your battle stations When you saw that video from Brazil, amen, you saw what you saw started with prayer. Everything started with prayer. Months prior, it started with prayer on conference calls. And when we got there, the very first thing that we did together as we prayed, I think sometimes the church, we forget the impact of prayer. We forget the power of prayer. We forget what prayer does and how it unifies us together as the body of Christ. Because when we prayed together, 
We began to pray, and then we began to pray one to another and impart one to another our giftings with their giftings coming to us and combined as the body of Christ. There was miracles, signs, and wonders that transpired as the entire body was used together for the glory of God. But it all started with prayer. Matter of fact, in that video or through the story of the little boy, when you heard the testimony, when his friend began to speak with tongues in English and said, speak forth in Jesus' name, speak forth in Jesus' name. That was prayer. That was tongues. You don't know how powerful it is when you begin to pray in tongues. I'm telling you, you don't even understand what you're doing in the spirit when you finally tap into what God wants you to tap into and you begin to pray in that unknown tongue. There's something happening in the spirit. There's something powerful that's happening. Hallelujah. Something powerful. Man, your battle stations. So I believe tonight that God is ready to move in the same fashion here. In this city, in Kennebec Valley, our vision's too small. We gotta believe God for more. <laughs> Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I say in the name of Jesus, all of those high places are coming down as the people of God get intact, as the people of God join in unity, as the people of God declare it in prayer with their mouth, every high place, every idol, everything that's above the name of Jesus is coming down in this city and in Kinnevec Valley and the state of Maine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not wrestling against each other. It's flesh and blood. Sometimes when we think we're wrestling against each other, you need to get on your knees and pray. It's a spiritual battle you're going through. Someone under the sound of my voice tonight, you've been hoping that a door would open for you in your life. And there's a door that's opened. But I've come to remind you tonight, the greatest door that will ever be opened in your life is a door to a prayer room. God is swinging the door wide open for you and saying, come in. Sup with me. Let me speak to you like I've never spoken to you before. And let me use you like I've never used you before. And when you get up off of your feet, uh, let me help you go forth and speak the word of the Lord. I hear the voice of God calling to us tonight. Hallelujah. Prayer is the most interrupted thing in your life. Come on. Because it's the most powerful thing in your life. It's been said that the enemy will try to limit your praying because he knows your praying will limit him. If he can limit your praying, oh, he's got free reign. Got quiet in here. I think I just quenched the spirit. No, I didn't. The devil knows the word of God. He knows the power of prayer. Now it's time for us to grab a hold of that same knowledge. Yeah, I said it. You need to have the same knowledge the devil has of the power of prayer. Because he shakes and trembles when you call the name of the... He knows the power of prayer. 
Now it's time for the people of God to realize the power and the authority that they have when they get down on their knees in prayer. It's high time that the church, that the bride of Christ gets a revelation of the power of prayer. So I prayed in prayer and now I'm saying in the name of Jesus, let revelation come to every one of us of the power of prayer in our lives. Hallelujah. I look at my 100-year-old grandmother sitting on the second row. That lady knows how to pray. I'm blessed to be able to feed her breakfast many times a week. And the first thing that she does when she gets up, after we talk for a quick second, she'll begin to pray over her meal. And as she's praying for her meal, she begins to speak in tongues. And you can feel the power of the Holy Ghost fill that apartment when she begins to speak in tongues because she knows the power of prayer. And I pray right now that God would bring revelation into every one of us. That power of prayer that's on that little lady right there. I pray in the name of Jesus that would touch this church from the front to the back, from side to side, that when you speak in tongues, all hell would break loose. Amen. And run. Hallelujah. Romans, Romans 13, 11 says, and that knowing the time, and I know what time it is. Now it's high time to wake up out of sleep. We've been sleeping for too long. Come on, church. We've been sleeping for too long. For now is our salvation nearer than we believed. It's time to wake up. There's a spiritual alarm clock that's going off right now. It's time to wake up. Can you hear the alarm in the spirit? Can you hear the age that we're living in right now? I believe that I can hear a clarion call in the spirit right now for every believer that's saying, man, your battle stations. It's time for us to use the weapons that God has already put in our arsenal. We just got to use them. We know what prayer is. It's spiritual communication. Prayer is the place where we hear the voice of God. We all know what it is. Prayer is what links a man or a woman to God. Prayer has eternal results and it lasts way past the grave. Prayer has the ability to change the course of nature. Prayer has and will bring forth deliverance tonight. Prayer has the power to change the mind of God. Prayer has an effect on the divine, the human, and the demonic. We didn't focus on the demonic, but I saw demonic spirits cast out of people in Brazil. Prayer looses the power of heaven. Come on. The church needs revival. And it's going to happen as we are empowered through prayer. A.W. Tozier said, to desire a Bible and at the same time to neglect personal prayer and devotion is to wish one way and walk another. What are you doing? What am I doing? The church needs a revival of the things of God and it's only going to come through prayer. We can't earn anything from God. We're not going to have it by merit. Pastor talked about it this morning. We don't earn the gifts of God. But we put our play, ourselves in a place to hear the voice of God when we get down on our knees and we pray. Amen. We do it through prayer. 
a revival of prayer in the church will bring a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost, amen, upon this world. If we'll get a revival of prayer and do our part, God will pour his spirit out as he promised upon all flesh. You know what the word says, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. We got to do our part. We got to seek the face of God. No, we're not earning it, but we're getting ourselves ready for the voice of God to speak. So we can act as the hands and feet and mouthpiece of God. He says, then will I hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God is ready to do that. Time is running out. God is ready to do that. I've come to remind somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost, the most powerful position that you have in the kingdom of God is on your knees in prayer. That's the most powerful position that you have. It's not about position. It's not about name. It's about the kingdom. And if we realized that, we would get on our knees in prayer and we would subdue the kingdom of darkness and push it so far out that it wouldn't even affect us at all. Through prayer. In 2 Kings, we read a very interesting story. And I want to read part of it. 2 Kings 13, verse 16 through 18. And he said to the king of Israel, put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. He said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. He said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek. Till thou hast consumed them. He said, take the arrows. He took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. In this passage, we have King Joash and Elisha, the man of God who is dying. They're total polar opposites in the spirit. Their spiritual natures are totally different. Joash is a king who has been used for evil who has had a very negative impact spiritually on Israel. And Elisha is a prophet of God who has seen the miraculous. Elisha has seen the dead, even dead children raised to life. He's the one that saw an axe head float. My mother was praying for something like that the other day. Oil that poured out of a bottle until it filled many vessels. Elisha was a participant in many mighty miracles of God. And as we, as we keep our relationship with God through prayer, just as Elisha did, it doesn't matter the circumstance. Up until the day that you die, you'll have authority in the spirit. He had authority in the spirit up until the day that he died. And he saw the miraculous up until the day that he died. I have these exact words in my notes. And I want you to, I'm going to say this for a reason. We are racing the clock to reach people for Christ 
before the trumpet sounds. I think you heard that earlier. And the saints of God are called up. But there are so many that need a chance. There are so many that need to know about God. God has promised us in the last days that he would pour his spirit out upon all flesh. We know that. We know just as the Israelites saw the multiplication before they were brought out of Egypt. We're going to see the multiplication of miracle signs and wonders before God brings us out. We're seeing it now. Come on, wrap your head around that right now. We're seeing it now in Jesus' name. We've got to wrap our minds around the fact that God, not in the future, is ready to do something big, but right now, God is ready to do something big. Matter of fact, his word says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He is ready now. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 is casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We've got to bring every thought into captivity. And we have got to cast down small thinking in the name of Jesus. We've got to cast out our small thoughts. And think big thoughts. Exchange our small thoughts for great big God thoughts. And when we get those great big God thoughts, he's going to exceed. That's what his word says. I believe it. I'm going to see it. In 2 Kings 13, where we were just reading, God gave Elisha authority in the spirit. Elisha began to prophesy to the king what was going to happen. There was a prophetic authority that still gripped Elisha even on his deathbed. And when the king came to see him, it wasn't the king in charge. The prophet took over. And he took charge of the situation. He wasn't flattered by who was in his presence. He wasn't even rattled by the king. But Isaiah, Isaiah, the prophet Elijah stepped up and he took authority in the spirit. You see, spiritual authority will always supersede man's authority. It doesn't matter who you're staring in the face when God gives you the boldness that he's going to place in your life through the power of prayer. When you step out of that prayer place in the name of Jesus, you're not going to care who you're talking to. You're going to talk with boldness and authority in the spirit. And that's when you're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. But we do need to understand something. And I know it's been talked a lot about. MIT class this morning talked about it, and I heard the youth talked about it, but God put it in my mind and in my notes before that was ever even said. We need to understand there is no spiritual authority unless you're submitted to God's spiritual authority in your life. You have no spiritual authority unless you submit to God's spiritual authority in your life. The centurion, a Roman soldier, who was over a hundred other soldiers, he said this, uh, this, is, this was said about him in Matthew chapter 8. 
And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another man, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. In all Israel I haven't seen as great a faith as this man has. He understands. The centurion recognized that Jesus could just speak the word because he recognized authority. He recognized his place. And if you don't understand natural authority, we will never understand spiritual authority. Unless we're submitted to spiritual authority, we'll never see God use us in apostolic authority. We'll never see God use us in the gift of healing and the working of miracles or the other seven gifts. It will not happen until we submit ourselves to God and the man of God in our lives. Just giving you what God gave me. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. And you know this, but maybe you don't. An ambassador only has the authority given to him by the country or president or person that he represents. Outside of that, that ambassador has no power on his own. So I say in the Holy Ghost tonight, it's time for us to get under authority and realize the authority that we're supposed to have in our lives. If you'll get under the authority that God's placed in your life, amen, you'll receive the authority from God to see the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that you've been praying for and wondering why it's not happening. And if there's ever a need in our hour for apostolic authority to be present in our lives, the time is now. The time is now. Our world is counting on us. Spiritual authority will get you through some of the most challenging situations in life. The most challenging situation the devil will try to throw at you if you're in spiritual authority and you have it because you're under authority, you'll get through those times. It gives you the power you need to declare in the spirit what's going to happen. I can tell you personal examples, but I don't have time right now where things have happened, where I've struggled with some things in my life. And pastor said, because I've already conquered this, uh, it's conquered, it's under your feet. And I knew it. I felt the Holy Ghost. The minute that he said it, things lifted and things went because I was aligned with the man of God in my life. I'm nobody, but I'm just telling you what God requires of us, what God wants from us. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying right now. Your struggle is real. 
But your struggle is self-inflicted. God's waiting for you to make the change. Elisha, who we just read the story about in 2 Kings 13, was the prophet who pursued a double anointing of the prophet Elijah. And when he was a much younger man, he had made up in his mind that no matter what it cost him, he was going to get a double portion of the Spirit of God, a double portion from what the man of God that his mentor had. He wanted a double portion in his life. And I would tell you, we need that same passion in our lives. We cannot afford to just skate along in the kingdom of God. But we must always be seeking to move forward in the kingdom of God and let God do greater things in us and through us in our lives. Am I making sense? You see, spiritual authority doesn't just happen for most of us. We have to be passionate about seeking after it. And those that are living half-hearted for God don't have spiritual authority. There's got to be a hunger. There's got to be something inside of us that wants to possess that. Again, we don't earn the giftings of God. But there does need to be an intensity in our spirit to realize more of God in our lives. So I believe in the Holy Ghost tonight that some of us need to readjust. Some of us need to refocus a little bit so God can take us to a place where we are in alignment with his vision for his church. We need to come to a place where God's vision becomes our vision. We don't have separate visions of what God's trying to do. God is not the author of confusion. God does not bring division to a person or to a church. I feel the Holy Ghost. He's not the author of confusion. So there are not multiple visions. But there's a vision that God has placed upon a man of God. And it's up for us to grab a hold of that vision and say, Hey, we're of one mind and one accord. Nothing is going to be impossible to us. One vision. We see the concept of passion. And intensity displayed throughout the Bible. Word we don't use much is earnest. But to be earnest means to be zealous or serious. Doing it with everything that we have within us. And in Nehemiah, we see where they earnestly repaired the wall. Nehemiah 3 and 20. In Luke 22 and 44, we see where Jesus prayed more earnestly. It says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down on the ground. That was for you and for I. That was what he was doing for lost humanity. What are we doing? As the image of Christ, what are we doing? In the likeness of God, what are we doing for those that are lost? Is there a fervency inside of us? Is there an intensity for the lost, for souls that are going to hell all around us? Is there something that says, God, I've got to do more. God, I've got to see something shaking, something broken. I can tell you how it's going to happen. It's going to happen when we fervently get down on our knees and cry out to God. With intensity, with passion. Apostle Paul said to cover earnestly the best gifts. 
Jude 3 says, we should be earnestly contending for the faith. Not going to be a ton longer. John, James 5 and 17 says, Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. What could happen for us if we would pray earnestly? What would God do for our generation? What would God do for our prodigals when everything else gets pushed to the side and we say, God, I am earnestly seeking your face. The verse before that says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We've got to live our life for Christ with purpose. We must do it with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Once you are born again, and we know how Scripture depicts that. If you don't, it's being born of the water and the Spirit. It's being baptized in the name of Jesus uh, for the remission of your sins, which is being born of the water. And being born of the Spirit uh, is speaking with other tongues initially as God gives you the ability to do so. You're praying and all of a sudden your tongue starts doing something different. It's not English. It's not Portuguese. It's an unknown tongue. When you do those two things, you're born of the water and of the Spirit. And I would say this, every born again believer is an ambassador of Christ. But you can't know what the king wants you to say unless you're communicating with the king on a regular basis. That's why God is calling each and every one of us to man our battle stations, which is on our knees. I believe God is restoring spiritual authority back to the church like never before. And in the story read in 2 Kings chapter 13, as soon as the king shot the arrow, the prophet exclaimed, you are the Lord's arrow with which he will win victory over Syria. You will fight the Syrians in Aphek until you defeat them. Who's going to be the arrow of the Lord that brings defeat to the enemy? God's preserved you for this moment in time. What will we do with the opportunity that God has set before us? There are some spiritual arrows that God wants you to shoot. That's going to bring victory to those that are around you. Get to your battle station. What are you waiting for? Right now, somebody needs to go and run and pick up the arrow. Somebody needs to get to your battle station. Somebody needs to get real about it right now in Jesus' name. Put your hand upon the bow. Pull it back. Come on, somebody. Hear me in the spirit. It's more than a message. It's more than a sermon. God is trying to change the atmosphere through you. Somebody needs to put their hand upon the bow. And begin to pull the bow back. Open the window. And shoot. Shoot that arrow in the name of Jesus. Destinies are in your hands right now. 
right now. You possess destinies in your hands of your loved ones. You possess the destiny. God, help us to realize there are destinies that are in your hand right now. Man, man, your battle stations and shoot. I know right now the voice of God is speaking to somebody. I hear the voice of God clearly speaking. One thing that I've learned, sometimes I've learned it the hard way in life is when the voice of God begins to speak to me, I've got to obey the voice of God. And right now, God is commanding obedience from somebody. You've got to obey the voice of God. In 2 Kings 13, Elijah's instructions to Joash were for him to take some action. We cannot look for the path of least resistance and find our victory. Let the army of God assemble now. God has equipped you with the tools that you need already. God has equipped you for the spiritual warfare. He's not just throwing you in the battle, but he's equipped you with what you need. And it's time to go and take back what the enemy has stolen in the spirit. It's time to go and take it back. Elisha could have prayed and prophesied all day long, but it was going to take some action on the part of King Joash to do the will of God. Elijah helped Joash shoot the arrow out the window. And new opportunity was there before Joash. Elijah said to Joash, you've got to take the arrow and you've got to smite it. You've got to smite it on the ground, Joash. If you'll smite it on the ground, Joash, it will bring deliverance to Israel. And for a brief moment, he had the power to completely defeat the Israel, Israel, Israel's army, Syria. He had, for a brief moment, the ability to defeat the enemy. Oh, I feel it in the spirit right now. But for some unknown reason, he quit. Way too soon, he quit. If he would have only listened to the man of God, you can't count on the, just the man of God's experience. You've got to have experience for yourself. If he'd only listened to the man of God and begin to smite the ground over and over and not just three times, but over and over and over and over again. If he'd only done it with all his might, if he'd only had all of his heart in it, God would have delivered him. God would have delivered Israel and made him an instrument for the victory of Israel time and time and time and time again. If only he would have continued to strike the ground, there would have been victory after victory. But in 2 Chronicles 24, we see where it was the Syrians who came and severely wounded him. They came the very person, the very enemy that he refused to do what God was calling him to do came back and it was his ultimate destruction. They wounded him. Joash. Joash. Saint of God. Listen right now. If you would have just kept beating the arrows upon the ground, 
your enemy would never have gotten to you. Joash, why? Why? Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name, why? Somebody needs to respond to the Holy Ghost. I'm not preaching for a response, but somebody needs to respond to the Holy Ghost. God's already told you to respond, and you haven't done it yet. Man, your battle stations. You need to realize that as you get on your knees, you are literally pushing back darkness. You're pushing back darkness.